plan was just each other. I know that sounds super corny, but it's true. Like our plan was just each other to be together and figure something out. Hey, I'm so glad you answered. You're never gonna believe what happened to me. Hello? Are you in your car? Yeah, I'm always in my car. You know what? <laughs> it's my office. Hi, Rob. Sis, guess what? What? I landed the account. What's up? She showed up to her interview in a prom dress. <laughs> Hi, I'm Robin Frank, the owner of Thumbs Cookies, and I make tiny, delicious butter cookies in Minneapolis. And I'm Lisa Frank, the owner of LBF Recruitment Strategies. I'm an executive recruiter and career coach in Chicago, and I'm also the author of the blog, Frankly Speaking. And together we are two sisters and both business owners with a lot of questions. And this is our podcast. You, you have, have no, no idea. idea. Oh, Lisa, what brilliance is going to come out of your mouth right now? <laughs> I just love to know. <laughs> Oh, like boy. staring at each other. <laughs> so we've made it to episode three. Woo! We're figuring it out. We're having a great time, right? We are, yeah. Today we talked to Nan and Steel from Landscape Love. Nan and Steel sounds like a band, which I would love to listen to. Steel's a musician on the side, so. And they're adorable. And they talk to us from their car because they were on a project site and they took a little break. And so they called us from their car and it's obviously their busy season. So it was beyond nice of them to take some time out of their really busy schedule. And they were so much fun. I wasn't expecting it, but they have such an epic love story. They're so romantic. Well, we met in the summer of 2005 and I was working for a PR agency at the time in downtown Minneapolis. And there was a Thai restaurant across the street and we'd go there for beers sometime after work. So I was sitting at the bar with a guy who I worked with and I looked out, they had these big plate glass windows and I saw this vision of beauty on the other side of the plate glass window sitting at a table, <laughs> just like a beam of light on her. So I told Aaron, the guy I was with, I said, you know, I really feel like I need to go up and say something to this woman. And he said, well, go for it. So I walked out. And I looked over at her table and I smiled and she smiled back and I walked up to the table and I was going to say something and I totally chickened out. And so I got on my bike and I rode off and I was about two blocks away and I thought, man, in the whole cosmic sense of the universe, you just have to take this risk. So I turned around, pulled up in front of the table and I said, I'm really sorry to interrupt, but you smiled at me as I was walking out and I can't get your smile out of my head. My name's Steele. And she said, I'm Nan. And I said, well, I, you know, you guys are eating dinner. Would it be okay if I called you sometime? But then when I asked for her number, she said, no, I'm sorry, but I'm seeing someone. Mm. I said, okay. And I said, thanks for the smile and got on my bike and rode off and, you know, felt good because I had taken this risk and gone for it. And there's a rush to that. And then the, ne the next week at work, a another guy who I worked with organized a happy hour. So we were out kind of same part of downtown Minneapolis. And all of a sudden I see this girl who rejected me last week and she's walking towards the table. And my friend who set up the happy hour stood up and said, man, why don't you sit down and join us? And I was looking at him like, no, no, no. We've already been down this road. She's taken, don't do it, don't yeah, We've do been it. down this road already. Next thing I know, she's sitting down next to me and I think, oh, okay, whatever. I'm just gonna try talking to her again. And so we started to talk and 
I just tried to keep the night going. And so everybody went to this other place. So to this other place. Then we Man, had, where was your boyfriend at this time? Great question, right? <laughs> but I wasn't asking any questions. Mm. As long as she was staying out, I was going to keep like, Let's go. <laughs> and so we eventually, I went home at like four in the morning and got into work the next day. And I was telling everybody about it. This girl who rejected me last week, we stayed out all night. It was amazing. And they said, Oh yeah. Didn't she tell you? I said, no, tell me what? And they said, well, yeah, she set that whole thing up last night. So you guys could meet again. And I was like, what? <laughs> oh, these two lovebirds. They're so cute. They have the best love story, don't they? Oh, it is a really good romance. So he said, meet me halfway on the Stone Arch Bridge. And the Stone Arch Bridge is this pedestrian bridge that goes over the Mississippi. And I'm waiting halfway on the Stone Arch Bridge. He's not showing up. He's not showing up. He's not showing up. I'm like sweating. It's a hot August night. And this woman walks by and she said, are you waiting to meet someone? And I said, yeah. And she said, well, I think he's further down the bridge. And then another woman walks behind her and said, have fun. I thought, what does he have up his sleeve? So I kept walking and Steele's there and he's wearing his grandpa's vintage tuxedo and he's got table and chairs and champagne and flowers. And basically like the whole city was just like spinning around. This is like a cosmic story. I wish that we just had a love podcast and we'd be like, this is it's actually so a good. love oh. podcast. Yeah, that's landscape so, love. I actually really loved hearing about, you know, so many times when couples work together, you get they get kind of a bad rap. Like, I could never work with my mate, or that's why we got divorced, because we couldn't work together. Like, some couples even have a hard time talking about money. And these two really put such a positive spin on what it's like to work with a mate, which I thought was really cool. They were real about it. They they didn't pretend that everything was coming up roses. Excuse the pun. Right. But <laughs> they were, you know, they they were really honest about the ups and downs and and the things that they experienced along the way. They weren't always married when they had this business. Yeah. And now they have a family and and what it's like to balance to balance both of them um, having a personal family and a work family at the same time. But they they really love what they do. They have so much fun together and they want to be with each other. And you and I really understand this because we came from a household, which I know we've talked about a little bit, but our parents work together and they've been married since 1972 and they've been in business together for probably over 20 years. They sell lamps together, which is super sexy. Home decor, home, home decor. decor, home decor. And so my sister and I grew up in an entrepreneurial family, which we think is a large part of maybe why we decided to pursue the paths that we're on. And we would, when we would sit down to have family dinner, we learned a lot about what happened during the day. And lamps. And yeah. they talked about the orders that went out and, and the orders that were not shipping and who they went to go see. And, and we, they gossip we about, about people. Yeah, they, we, we got to learn about their business and their accounts and, and what they do, which ultimately inspired us. I think at the end of the day to have our own businesses also. So I decided to ask mom and dad what they thought about working with someone you love. Just think of it this way. We're spending uh, a, a normal marriage. Uh, people might spend out of the 24 hours a day with each other up to eight hours. I would say, would that be right? I don't know. And then you have another eight hours that you work. Then the other eight hours you sleep. So eight, eight, eight with us, it's eight hours, at work and eight hours together, so it's 16. So there has to be a different type of relationship 
than in most marriages because uh, the more you're with someone, the more you know about them, the more you know their idiosyncrasies, the know their characteristics. What's the most or best thing you think you've learned from dad working with him? I've learned that you keep on going. You don't give up with things. Even if they're difficult situations, you learn to work them out and that hard work pays off and we get along. It's People ask me all the time, how can you do that? But that's not what it is. It is a partnership and we do get along. And I'm really happy that we have done this all this time. Is there any advice that you would give us as your kids for what we should keep doing? If you have tenacity, you have an opportunity to make it. The fact is, is that any most people that are successful have failed, so I guess you have to realize that you're going to fail a number of times before you're successful. I think they have a really unique perspective about what it means to work with someone that they that you love. Yeah, and I think whether it be a romance or a partnership, and if you work with your sibling or your spouse or just a really close friend, that's why I love this episode because we really get to talk to partners and see what it's like when they work together, like Nan and Steel. So that was 05 when we met, and then... Oh six, the next summer, Nan quit her job. And then I was like, well, I want to quit my job too. Cause I just want to be around you. So that <laughs> next summer that we, it's totally we, logical. so that first year when we, so we made these flyers, like landscape love, the name landscape love was just a lark of like, we need to make a quick flyer to hang up in the juicy pre-social media so there was no instagram yeah. these are paper flyers no. flyers people flyers. photoshop right yeah. this is and a technology lesson for people also you know the grant wood painting american gothic where it's the yeah, guy the holding pitchfork. the pitchfork and then the woman next to him so it's our faces superimposed on that that was our first flyer and we just started by kind of like weeding people's gardens and people would say like, oh, hey, could you put this plant in here? And we'd be like, sure. Or what's this plant? And I'd be like, oh, that plant is the wonderful green elephant. <laughs> and you couldn't Google it. Oh, we had to go get books. We went to the library. library. Yeah. <laughs> and so that first year, this. Um, we just kind of dove in and we were weeding people's gardens and it was really stressful because I had all the experience. And when I say experience, I meant my sister and I had done some stuff in college wearing sports bras and running shorts and working whenever we wanted. And so Steele, who had never picked up a shovel like, before. like, that sounds life, great. Like, <laughs> his yeah, family yeah, like had gardeners, was looking to me to like lead our new venture. And I knew about you know, tiny, tiny bit more than him, which is basically like, I can spot that that's a dandelion. And <laughs> so that was our, but, and we were diving in, like we got our first client was one of my mom's friends slash client. And he entrusted us with $10,000 to make over his backyard. And when I'm saying we got $10,000, that's a lot of money. Project, oh, oh we hit the million dollar jackpot. <laughs> we thought like, we are going to be rich. We're going to be rich. We're going to be rich for the year. We're yeah. like, we're good on yeah. this. We're yeah. good. And we just made it up. We totally made it up in his backyard. We made a million mistakes. We, But we just like had confidence. Like We just forged ahead. But we um, argued a lot in public. Well, that's what I want to know. Like, you love Steel. You love, love him. 
I'd love but him. he's never done this before. And as much as you love your significant other, then you had to teach him and you had, you know, you were the more experienced Mm -hmm. one and he was relying on you because he quit his job. Right. You know, that's a lot of faith. So what did you argue about? Okay. So there's a great, there's a couple famous arguments from that first summer. One was we're out at Gertens, which is where we get all the plants. And because I knew nothing about plants at the time, this guy had a shady backyard. So I just went in the shade section of the nursery and just pulled like a hundred shade plants. And now I know that's crazy. Like you wouldn't do that. You would actually select things for someone's property with more intention. And Steele was standing waiting for me next to we had like a Volkswagen Passat wagon was our like work vehicle that summer and he was waiting not very patiently like arms crossed at the nursery essentially his face was saying like hurry the fuck up like why can't you make decisions quicker like you should know what you're doing and I'm like hemming and hawing trying to like kind of make you're the expert man i'm the expert right i'm the expert so he's and he's just thank you (laughs) (laughs) and he's just killing me with his eyes and his impatience and so that was like one of the first big fights what was still but what was he doing he was just staring at you you're just staring and standing and i had the expectation that like nan was it's this is just so many growth opportunities have come out of this but like i the expectation that Nan knew and I was just there to like implement stuff. And so and I think I put a you, really You were thinking about going back to write press releases. <sighs> yeah. I mean I was like, I'll make up the flyers and market this thing, but like you're the plant specialist and then you tell me what I need to throw in the wagon and we'll go put it in. You know, like we had no idea what we were doing. So did you did you have a moment, Nan, where you were like, look, I don't really know what I'm doing like did you have a moment where you actually like that night when you went home was it like a quiet silent treatment fight or was it like let's get it all out on the table do you feel like maybe you like thought you should know like you felt the pressure oh, it was yeah. almost like a double pressure it was double pressure. it was like Nan had an expectation that she should know but she actually didn't and then I had this expectation that she should know, but she didn't and so it was just and like, then mixed with the time pressure of like this needs to happen now this isn't just like we have lots of time. This needs to happen yeah. now. And like, so what was, was it that time. moved you to the next? Like, how did you? Because here you are, years later. So, see, I think we were beautifully naive that summer. All we cared about was making enough money to travel for as long as we could. And even when I say that, it wasn't make enough money to travel and still have savings when we got home. I mean, make enough money to travel to get our bank account. Like when we came, so we worked for three months that first summer. Saved enough money. We went to Spain for a month and Croatia for a month. And we came home to our joint bank account that had $12 in it. Scared. I was scared and like, oh my God, we're only a year into our relationship too. Like, Were you afraid of, of how this was personally going to affect your relationship? Oh, yeah, for sure. And there were a million times over and over that summer because not only were we playing out like business fights, but it was new relationship fights only a year into being together. So you're you're figuring out how you each communicate, how you make decisions, how you plan ahead. And so we navigated a lot that first year. And I feel like that first year of business and that first also coincided with our first year of being together. And it basically going through all of that condensed time in that first summer 
push our relationship by year three to like essentially being like a 10 year old relationship, but we were only two to three years in because we'd already had so many kind of conflicts and growth opportunities. Was there a moment that you knew like, this is actually going to work? Like you actually overcame, like, this is actually going to work. I actually choose you as the person I'm working with and I want to work with you. Was there a moment you can think of? I think I always knew that would be the case. And I think more than anything, it was like, we were going to have these conflicts if we didn't work together. They were, they were relationship conflicts, but they were being played out in the arena of our work together. And so if anything, it was like this basically hyper, hyper speed, like relationship loop, you know, it's like, we're just going to figure out every conflict that our two human being brains are going to have, and it's all going to get played out and we're going to get through it. And I, it's easy to like, look back and see it that way. But I think both of us kind of maybe knew that we were in it together but what it gave us is this shorthand for conflict in our lives and in our relationship, because to be a human is to have conflict, you know, whether your business partners are in a relationship or like trying to buy a house and someone else is bidding against the house, whatever. And so for us, I think it just gave us this understanding of there's going to be basic ways that we view life differently and situations differently. And we're always going to rub up on those four things. And so most of our conflicts would be around like one of those four things. And then, so it got to the point where we're like, oh, that's that thing that I always think and you always think. So we just know what it is and here's how we solve it. And so in a way it was this beautiful thing for us that's probably impacted every mm -hmm. aspect of our life from growing our business to finances to being parents. I wonder, is there a moment that you could reveal or tell us about of a moment where you like would never want anyone else to see it? It was, it was so embarrassing, but you're ready to like, let the world know. Okay. Well, I, I can think of two right away. One, when Steele's dad asked us if we had a P and L and we had to Google what that meant. Yes. <laughs> um, that's one. Profit and loss for the listeners who aren't sure. <laughs> and then another one this was back to that first project where that guy took a risk on us and gave us his ten thousand dollars um everything in landscaping is like amounts and it's usually by cubic yard and we didn't know what a cubic yard was so we did this like crazy mathematic formula to figure out how many yards of mulch we needed and for this project what we now know is we needed three yards of mulch. What we ordered was 29 yards of mulch oh. for this guy's house. And fortunately he was out of town. It was a weekend. A semi truck pulled up, dumped 29 yards of mulch in front of his house. We spread what we needed, which was three yards. And then thank God he was out of town. We stuck three signs in this mulch pile and neighbors took it. And by Monday morning, when dude was back in town, it was all gone. Thank God. But we had no idea. We had no idea. One of the really cool things about talking to Nan and Steele is that they found each other. They have this business, but both of their parents are entrepreneurs also. So, you know, they touched on something that we've touched on before that sometimes, sometimes it's hard to be, to become an entrepreneur if you don't have other people around you who get it and can, and can support it, but they did just like we do. And so they can go to their parents and talk to them about 
what's happening and the struggles and the and the accomplishments like and their parents, parents get it. Yeah. Just and like I, our parents. And, do. We do for each and other. just like we do right. for each other. And I also think they were sort of talking about how they took their personal philosophies and what worked for them. And now they've sort of created a tribe around that. They've kind of created a family around that. And I think that's one of the beautiful things that can come from working with someone that you love. And I feel like that's what's happened in our family. My parents, so we both work for ourselves, but our parents have to go to these furniture markets essentially around, you know, like a couple times around the calendar. And as my parents have gotten a little older, we have, we sort of by osmosis have understood the business. So we end up going to these furniture markets to help our parents or sometimes even represent them. And oftentimes other reps or other people in the industry will be like, that's so nice of you to come and help your parents. And it's funny because my sister and I, neither one of us flinch when we say, but this is what we do for our family. This just is something who that we, we are. This is just something that we do. And I really think there was a culture created in our own family with the four of us where you just get in the habit of helping each other. That's just what you do. And I think maybe that even stemmed from not just their marriage, but the fact that they work together. And it isn't just through their business. You know, when dad did it, when dad wrote and produced his plays, we all had a role. We did it together. It was a Frank family production. You were in it. You directed it. I handled all the marketing in the front of the house. Mom did all of, all of the concessions and the, and the costumes and, yeah, but it really, people would always comment about, it's so nice that you do this and I'm in Chicago and you're in New York, but it's just something that we do. It's a Frank family production. And I think that mom and dad created that for us in our home that we did things as a pack sort of. That line between business and home is sort of blurred, which can be hard, but it can also be hugely rewarding. Do you feel like you've developed a sort of philosophy or you wonder why are these people following me? Is there something that you're putting out there as to why people are kind of joining your tribe and doing this work with you? For I sure. Think, that's very important. You know, Landscape Love started as just Steele and I. So it was like, it was always relational and we got to, you know, dig in the dirt and talk about our parents and all the divorces and cousins and just like everything and like do therapy as you're like doing your work. And and then it was Steele's sister's boyfriend. So another part of the family. And then it was a friend of the family that joined. So like everyone that came in was like another layer of the family. And our kind of biggest thing when bringing anyone on is like, hey, do you want to spend 10 hours with this person every day? Because you're like really relying on them. And the answer kind of had to be yes for both of us. And we're both very intuitive people. Like we meet someone, you just kind of know, like, all right, this is good. Yeah. And so everyone that has joined our little landscape love family has really felt like family. And because it's been seasonal, it's allowed the people that work with us to do what they need to do in the winter, whether it's travel or be a photographer or do whatever they need to do. And I think because people get to be humans, like we work and we do really hard work and we do our projects but life still happens. Like our carp, our lead carpenter, she just had a baby last year. Do what you need to do to like tend to your baby. Like she's going to get her work done. Um, or we just, the most recent guy that joined our little landscape love family is a 47 year old dad who like needs a second chance in life. And, but it has like a, such a good heart. And 
So I think that's been a big part of it is like, it really feels like joining a tribe that is positive and lifts you up and can be fun. It's hard as hell to work some days. Like you're work, you're physically working really hard and you're exhausted. But when you do work like that, it's so bonding. Yeah. yeah so like how do you balance being spouses and being in business together? What, what is that like? Do you flirt in the field? Like I was wondering Sometimes. that. Yeah. <laughs> I love flirting on the yeah. field. I love kissing him in the field. And I think like, I mean, this sounds like more familial than it actually is, but like even the crew like calls us mom and dad, not like, Hey mom, what should we do? But I think that's like how they see it is like, we're it's mom and dad. Social we're like, dynamic. Social dynamic. Yeah. like we're making everything happen, but they know they're safe with us. Like they could come like nuzzle in and we'd give them a hug or, um, we do. I think they know our life. Like our kids were with us this morning at the morning meeting and we're holding them. Or, you know, one of our crew members grabs the baby and holds them for a bit. Um, so I think, you know, that's been interesting as we've grown is back to that human part is they know everything that's happening in our life. And we know a lot of what's happening in there. So I think some of that kind of like corporate way of like, you don't talk about your life, you know, at work. That's not. Do you talk about it over the dinner table? Oh, yeah. 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 What do you think is the hardest part about working with your spouse? I think the just role. You wear a bunch of hats, right? And so sometimes one of you is ready to be wearing the business hat and be talking about a business decision you need to make. And the other one is wearing like partner hat and they're trying to just be connecting with you on a partner level in that moment. And if you're not lined up and wearing the same hats, it's frustrating for both people. And when you're lined up and you're both wearing the same hats, like look out, you can accomplish mega romance or like mega business decisions, you know? But when you're not lined up, it's just frustrating, you know? And sometimes you're in control of that, sometimes you're not. Like, you know, it's just cycles. And you can be consciously like, okay, today is like Saturday. That's been a huge change for us as we've kind of taken back weekends. And so Saturday is like full family mode, full partner mode. But we do still talk about the business. We decided to call this, you have no idea for so many reasons. And I'm sure anyone who's in business, when we say that to them, they make this face and a nod and they're like, "Mm mm-hmm. So I would love to know what is your, you can both answer this. You have no idea moment. I think for me, like it's actually a, a, a positive that when we, when it was just the two of us, it felt a certain way. And as we've grown, the idea that it's been able to feel as good as it could be like with just Nan and I, with, everybody that we've brought in and like the whole environment that we've brought in, like with our headquarters now and kind of everything that happens. Like I didn't know where we were going when we started, but I didn't know that it could feel really good. And like when I having this opportunity to like take a step back and reflect on it, I don't think I had any idea that like, like last night when I got, back to the office at the end of the day like I punched in my emails real quick and then I went back behind the building and there were like eight of our crew members sitting out there like giggling together like laughing 
hanging out for like an hour after work just to be around each other. And the idea that like that kind of vibe is going on makes me so happy. And so I think I, the th- I didn't know that it could feel good and keep growing in like this really positive way. And, um, it makes me almost like emotional to think about it. Cause I think if anything, what I want to, I love doing these projects, but at the end of the day, like the only thing people are going to remember is how it felt either to work with us from a client landscape love standpoint or for the season or 10 years that they worked for us. And if it feels good and is nourishing people, then we're doing something right. Dan? Okay. I'll take the other side. (laughs) I think my, you have no idea is, you know, so many people look at us and they're like, you know, you own your own business. How awesome. Like, Oh, that must be so fun. You work outside. That's so awesome. That's so fun. I think my, like, you have no idea feeling is it's all on all the time and it's all encompassing of thoughts. It's all encompassing of just like time in the day, you know, there's 24 hours and that feels like there are days that just literally like feel like they're a snap of time and the number of decisions we make in a day. And we are so quick at like, we make a million decisions all day long and we're good decision makers. But I think sometimes I have this feeling like I look at other people and they look at us and it's like, Oh, that just looks like easy. And I'm like, you have no idea. We're just like (laughs) grinding, grinding and hustling. And it's hard. And uh, my brain is working on it. Like I work stuff out in my dreams, you know, it's like, it's all on all the time. My dad calls it wallowing in the mud. You know, you just wallow in the mud a lot of times because that's what it takes. We agree. That's why we named podcasts. You have no idea because we want to really bring people into what it's like behind the scenes and that people always tell me and my sister, oh, they, th- you know, you're, you have a glamorous life. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> but um, there's a lot that goes on that they don't realize because I think that there's something unique about all four of us. We all came from entrepreneurs and we're, we, we were a little bit more probably inclined to take some of the risks because we saw our parents do it in a successful way. What would you want your kids to learn from you, from you having your own business? I think this is what I want for them anyways in life, which is to have grit like and perseverance and um to not have to feel like they have to fit into something and I think that's the biggest thing is like you get knocked down a million times and you can still like rise and learn and grow from like coming out of college I was so hesitant to do anything I was paralyzed because I had to I felt like I had to do the right thing or find the perfect thing for myself And really all I needed to do was start. And in many ways, like landscape love, because the work is so hard and it's so immediate and it's like, if I don't move that pile of concrete, nobody's gonna. The lesson I've learned is like, you just gotta start and you gotta go in and you have no idea where it's gonna take you or how things are gonna go. Just start, just get into it and let it guide you where it's gonna go. As we've gotten older, you know, I I recently said to mom, I just want you and dad to be proud of me. I just want you to be proud of me. And I feel like you'll be proud of me at this point. And she turned to me so genuinely and said, I'm, we're proud of you. We were proud of you yesterday. We were proud of you 10 years ago. And I think there is something, I I think that can be true in any family, but I, I do think having that kind of support and mentality from your parents is, what's the word? 
and feeling like we could take risks and feeling like we could create our own path, which is, you know, something that I think is invaluable as an entrepreneur. But it isn't always easy. Yeah. It isn't always easy having to work with the person that you love the most as much as you love them and you want to do everything with them. Do you think we could work together? I think that would take a lot of love. (laughs) I love you. I don't know if I could work with you every day. And those are the important things to know about you and your people that you love. You got to know yourself. You have to know. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes opposites attract, but they shouldn't be in the workplace. (laughs) And sometimes you learn that they should. I think I loved learning about love today. It's amazing how you talk about business, but it can really lead you in so many different directions. And today it led us to love, which I think is really cool. Love and, and success in, you know, they didn't, they did this to be together initially and they didn't really have a plan and they didn't know what this was going to turn into, but they really wanted to be together. And their, their relationship got them to where they are today. And I think that that is one of the most amazing and unique things about their story. Yeah. And I think we've been learning that there's a different through line with every business. Every, every business has a different mission or something that pushes it forward. And in this case, it was actually love, which I completely didn't expect. Yeah. Love and family. Marriage. Marriage is what brings us together today. Marriage, that blessed arrangement, that dream within a dream. We want to thank you for, you know, joining us again. We hope that you are feeling the love after this episode. Lisa, do you feel we're feeling the love? I love you. I love you. Dan and I are very proud of you and your sister. You're entrepreneurial, you inherited those genes, and you're not afraid, and you just keep on going, and we are very proud of you for that. For a lot of other things, too, but we, not everybody, you know, goes into their own business. And you do have tenacity, you both do. You're very hard workers, and that is one thing that you did inherit. And you have a work ethic, and in these days, that's really important. You Have No Idea is a podcast produced in Minneapolis and Chicago. A huge thank you to our guest, Nan and Steele from Landscape Love. We would like to thank our brilliant redheaded producer, Mary Beth Romslow, for making us sound so fabulous. And our parents, because without them, we wouldn't be here. True. I'm Lisa Frank, and you can find me and my blog, Frankly Speaking, at lbfstrategies.com. And I'm Robin Frank, and you can find me and my cookies at thumbscookies.com. We hope you join us again for You Have No Idea. idea.